Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're going. Snafu, are you? Is Willie coming? To, yeah, Willie's gonna come fix it. My, in daytime, you can't have this much boob oh. out. <laughs> this is Willie Sinclair the third <laughs> from the Sinclairs of Milwaukee, and so coming out, you know, on daytime is just sometimes it's too much, and uh, so before the door is open, it, Willie says it's too much boob, so he. <laughs> I don't know what you think that's gonna do. You pulled it back a little bit. It's gonna pull it forward. This is so funny. <laughs> so, so he try, he pinned it right before the doors were supposed to open up. And as I was standing, I was praying for y'all. And then I was, <laughs> I know boobs and praying. I was praying for y'all. Don't you gonna? I can't go. You gonna take my neck? It's too tight on my neck. <laughs> so, as the doors were opening up, the pin popped. <laughs> It popped, and so I just pulled it and threw it out. So as I walked out, I could hear Willie go, <gasps> So he is back here fixing it, but he keeps pinning it in the back. I keep telling him, it's heavy. They're going to pull it forward. But we gotta do what we gotta do. So there we go. So y'all just give Willie Sinclair the third a hand again. 
And this is the magic of live television, everybody. This is what you get, yes, boy. Yes. <laughs> But I'm so glad you guys are here because we have a great show for you today. Yes, we do. Legendary supermodel Emmy is here. I wonder if she's ever had a wardrobe malfunction like that. I'm gonna have to ask her because yeah. I know Emmy is a supermodel, which means she's done everything. Y'all remember Emmy, she's been around, you know, she's just an icon and the first plus size model, and so just an inspiration. So I know she's had some, like, uh, malfunctions. I'm gonna yeah. ask her about it. Yeah. Cause you see those models on the runway, they be tripping and the shoes too tight, the wigs falling off. And this is just, this is just what happens on live TV. So thank y'all for being patient with me. <laughs> Plus, award-winning journalist and activist, Nicole Hannah-Jones is here. So looking forward. This I'm looking forward to because we've never met. You have you met? Nicole yes. Listen, before? she's a smart woman and a serious woman, but she can party with a purpose. I met her at April Ryan's White House celebration party. Yes. We had a good time. Okay, yeah. we gotta ask her about that. So y'all, earlier this week, I attended a gala for the Broadcasters Foundation of America where Jack Abernathy, who is the CEO of Fox Television Stations, received the Golden Mike Award. So there is me with Jack Abernathy, and it was a great night. It was hosted by journalist Soledad O'Brien, who was a wonderful MC. And I was very excited because I got to meet Deborah Norville from Inside Edition. And the reason why I'm so excited, because she said, it always, when people say to me, I watch your show every day, I just go, oh my, I'm a, you know, this little show. So she said she watches the show every day. John, she kept saying, and I love when you said this and when you did this. So can we please find a date for Deborah Norville to come sit on the couch with us? Yeah. I, I, was... I knew you were going to ask me that, Sherry. I've already worked on it. She'll be here in like two weeks. Oh, very good. Yeah. Oh, very, very good. I'm, I'm really excited about that. And the night included a performance by new country singer Frank Ray, who was, we danced all night. He was so nice and he was so talented. But I took this photo because one of our producers here at the show, uh, Chris Surrettes, he looks just like Chris. Can I, <laughs> I literally, that's our producer, Chris. And when he got up there, I said, what is this, Chris moonlighting? <laughs> so it was a really good night. And Chris, I want to tell you, if you ever decide you want to quit the Sherry Show, you got a job going on the road as a country singer. <laughs> Congratulations again to Jack Abernathy on your Golden Michael Award. And thank you so much for your continued support of the Sherry Show and picking us up for two more seasons. <laughs> thank you, Jack Abernathy. <laughs> now, y'all, it is time for the stories that are flooding the feeds. Okay, here we go. Russell Wilson spent some quality time with his five-year-old daughter, Sienna. She is such a cute, it looks just like her daddy, doesn't she? I don't see, I don't know where I find Sierra, but he took his daughter to her first daddy-daughter dance. It was so sweet, they wore matching outfits, which is, I think that is so adorable. It's something when I see a man being a father, to his child is something sexy about that. It is, and when I see a man taking care of his kids, it makes me want to say, I'll take care of you, daddy. I just, <laughs> it's the dress, it's the dress that's doing it to me. But I, I, I love him, he loves his family. You always can tell Sierra's sitting there, sitting back like, look at my man, look at him. <laughs> 
So I just thought that was so sweet and wanted to show that. Now, this is funny. Two American icons just reunited, Carol Burnett and Julie Andrews. Now, yes. Now, these two ladies, these two women have been friends for over 60 years. That's the friendship. And Julie came out to celebrate Carol's 90th birthday last week. So Julie Andrews, y'all know the sound of music. Uh, she did, was, she, uh, was she Mary Poppins, Julie mm -hmm. Andrews? Uh, she's known for being sweet, the sweet Mary Poppins. You know, uh, and Carol, she says that Carol Burnett brings out the bad girl in her <laughs> when they hang out. Now, first of all, I love that they've been friends for this long. Because when you've been friends for 60 years, you, wh why break up? You, I mean, there's no reason to break up. Because you know where all the bodies are buried. <laughs> So if they ever stop being friends, Julie Andrews will be able to spill all the secrets on Carol Burnett. And after being friends for 60 years, you just look at your friend and you go, well, why are we even fighting? It's just, you know, because you've been friends that long. And I'm going, but at 90 years old, what is the bad side to Julie Andrews? Because she's such a, she's, she seems like such a goody two-shoes. Only thing I can think about, John, is the bad side that Carol Burnett brings out. They doing edibles. Oh. Oh. Edibles? I think they're doing edibles. That'll bring out the bad side. Because let me tell you, and everybody knows, and I talk about this all the time, I've been friends with a lot of my friends for over 25 years, and I recently, I reunited with some of my girlfriends here in New Jersey. And these women are very, very accomplished. One is a surgeon, one is a professor, one is a principal, one has a, a, a lot of charities that she organizes and works. And so we were together and we were having so much fun. And now my professor friend, who is usually the quiet one, she was a bad influence this time, y'all. So we're sitting there. We are rented out a whole hotel suite. We're just having a good girl time. And we're sitting around and she pulls something out of her purse. And she says, I got edibles. <laughs> and that's how she goes, I got edibles. And now, you know, now I know where edibles are, but I didn't know what was in these edibles that she had given us. And here's the thing about edibles, when you do them, they're, they're so sweet, you don't think it's gonna be strong. So you just, and you always take that first, John, and you're like, you know, it's not doing nothing, which I said, so I popped two. Oh. Um, I took two. So, and here's the reason why I took two, cause she's a professor, so I trusted her edibles. <laughs> and everything was normal, then I'm gonna tell you that edible hit me, I started talking with a lift. All of a sudden, I got a lift. And I kept saying, my name is Terry Depper. All my friends were like, why are you talking with a lift? And I, I said, what's wrong with my thumb? And I said, something's wrong with my thumb, I gotta call my fifther, where's my fifther? Then I said, that thing hit me, I couldn't even see clear. Everything was moving and like, it was moving in slow motion. And I was just like, wait a minute, stop, stop. And it was just moving. And next thing I know, I am laid out on the couch. I woke up, but look at me, I was knocked out. I don't know what was going on. I was laid out on the couch. And then, and you know, and then I woke up a day later, I was still high. I was like, oh my gosh. But I tell you, they brought up the bad side. This was a night to remember. And I love that the friendships that you have for years that make you feel safe and you're being with those that you love, those are always the best friendships. So Carol and Julie, y'all keep holding on. And if you have one of those crazy parties, I'm down. <laughs>
and that is flooding the feeds, y'all. Now this one here, I gotta call this woman. I gotta start calling Gail King because we were on TV wearing the same outfit, Gail and I. Now when I went on CBS this morning, I wore this striped dress, Christopher John Rogers, and Gail loved it so much, she went out and she brought the same dress. <laughs> And then Gail wore this white dress by uh, Hanifa. That's the designer. Mm -hmm. She wore that dress. And I ended up wearing the same dress with Mary J. Blige. Yeah. The same <laughs> dress. This has got to stop. Because see, here's the thing. Gail fill out these dresses like a grown-ass woman. Oh, yeah. Gail. She do. Gail got that legs and hip and body, body, body. <laughs> Miss Gail King. So at first I thought Gail was stalking me, but she wore this dress first, so I should have known that, it was, that she got it first because when I told Willie Sinclair the third of the Milwaukee Sinclairs, I said, I want this white with the turquoise. And I knew something was wrong because he hesitated. And he said, are you sure? And mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. So, Gail, I have to say, girl, you are looking good. And I'm telling everybody, when you see Gail, you see me. When you see me, you see Gail. When you see Gail, you see me. Now, Paris Hilton is opening up about her iconic party years. In her upcoming book, Paris the Memoir, she talks about a time when she tried to sneak Khloe Kardashian into the club. So Khloe Kardashian was in middle school at the time, and Paris would do her makeup. She gave Khloe a long red wig, and she told Khloe to say that her name was Betsy Johnson. <laughs> Damn. Out of, every, out of everybody to say she is. And I, so I was thinking that, so Chloe got into the club. And I remember back in the day, you remember back in the day before you were, you could legally get into a club, you sneak into a club? <laughs> Clap if you've ever snuck into a club underage. You remember those days. Now I know your daughters and sons are going, oh my God, I don't want to hear that. But there used to be a club, a club uh, two clubs in, in Los Angeles, Carolina West and Victoria Station, also Fridays. Remember Fridays? Yeah. And so you had to be 21 to get in there. And I was 17 at the time. And so I would stand outside and I would ask for somebody's ID so I could sneak into the club. And most of the time, the security guards, they would look at that ID and look at me, and they knew damn well I wasn't 21. <laughs> But they would let me in, so I never had a problem. But the worst is when you try to sneak into a club and you get that security guy, who, the, the, the guard who takes his job too seriously, <laughs> because he always, he'll look at the ID a long time, then he looks back at you, then he looks at the ID, and he looks back at you, and then there's this pit in your stomach, because you're going, please don't ask me who is on this ID. And then they always say, what's your name? <laughs> I have no idea. I forgot to ask the girl what her name was. Then he go, where you live? And you don't know. And then, that, and this is what I used to wear when I went out party. And that's how, shoot, we had, the head, we had the cap and the thing and the thing, stomach showing. And I used to wear that. And then they don't let you in. So you know what kind of girlfriends you got? They always go in the club. They leave you. They would leave me outside. So I'm standing out here. I can't get in. I'm watching everybody go into the club. I can't drive away because one of my girlfriends, she's the driver. She drove to the club. She got the keys. So I'm standing out there. I got to wait. Then probably about an hour and a half later, they come out and go, girl, come in. And they sneak you in. So I don't know. I have one with red boots on this oh. one. When I tell you... <laughs> okay. I don't know if y'all remember that story, Wilson Suede and Leather, but that's right. <laughs> Wilson Suede and Leather right there. That was a jacket and that was my real hair. Boy, I wasn't playing around with them red boots. 
You couldn't tell me nothing till I couldn't get in the club and I just had to stand there looking like that. <laughs> oh my goodness. Is that but what you call a halter top? It was a tube top. A tube top. Oh. It was a t- but back then at 20, they set up. They wasn't sitting <laughs> on my knees like they are now. They was, I didn't need no bra. Yeah, Willie tried to tie those babies up right there. So, y'all, the Oscars are this weekend. And one thing, yes, they are. I'm very excited. One thing about Oscar nominee Jamie Lee Curtis is Jamie Lee Curtis does not play about her sleep. She was invited to the nominee's dinner, and she told The Hollywood Reporter that she declined. Take a look. There is a nominee's dinner, an Academy Award nominee's private dinner on Thursday night that starts at 7.30, and I have declined because mommy goes to bed early. And I just, because 7.30 is gonna be nine before we get food. And you know what? There's nothing good happening with me after nine o'clock. She said nothing good is happening after nine. Okay, first of all, Jamie Lee Curtis is the auntie. She sound mad when she just listen to everything. She's like, they gotta have the nerve. They planning something on a Thursday at 7.30, and then it's gonna turn into nine. Oh my. And I do understand, because here's the thing. As you get older, sleep is so underrated. When y'all young, you can operate on literally three hours of sleep. When I was young, I would go to work, and then i go out and party, and then i get home at 2 in the morning, take a shower, go right back to work. Party all over again. But, see, that's when you young. But when you get older, you start reading these articles that say, when you don't sleep, you die. It's... <laughs> you sleep, every article you see talks about how sleep affects every part of your body. You gotta get sleep, it makes you look younger. Sleep makes you lose weight faster. Sleep keeps your stress down. So I understand Jamie Lee Curtis. I say, girl, you stay home, skip the Oscars, dinner, and go and get you some sleep. That's what I'm like, and do it. But, But Sherry, this is her first Oscar nomination. She's gotta take in all the attributes of the season. Oh, okay, she's nominated for the best, uh, best supporting? Supporting, yeah. Oh, okay, well, then I'm gonna change my mind. I'm gonna, I'm gonna change my mind. <laughs> I'm gonna say this. Jamie, normally I would be with you, but you have got to go. This is the most important time of your life, so you gotta, you gotta stay up past 10 p.m. for this because you gotta go there and you gotta work the room. You gotta let everybody know you're so excited about your nomination because we don't know if this is gonna happen again. You gotta at least, you gotta at least go to the cocktail hour. The cocktail hour, that's what you call it. Then you kiss everybody, and then you can leave, Jamie. Jamie, you over here worried about, and then 7.30, and then it turns into 9, and then you all the way on the third court. You haven't even got to the party yet. So even though I understand that it's late for you, this is the biggest moment in your career. Go bask in it and enjoy it. Take a nap first so that you got some sleep. Go on over there, Jamie Lee Curtis. Y'all, the Oscars, the Oscars air Sunday, March 12th at 8 p.m. on ABC. Don't go anywhere, because up next, we're celebrating Women's History Month with legendary supermodel Emmy! First guest is the definition of a change maker. She's the world's first plus size supermodel. She was named one of People's Magazine's most beautiful, not once, but twice. And now she's helping others as a body appreciation advocate. Please welcome, oh, my darling Emmy! <laughs> Emmy! 
girl. I have to say, you know, normally uh, when my guests come out, we give them a grand entrance, but I know that you hurt your foot. Yes. So we wanted to put you here. And I have to say, even with the hurt foot, I'm so glad you're here, <laughs> Emmy. I'm so happy to share Girl. this beautiful time with you. Well, you know, the joy that you exude, Sherry, is so infectious. It's, oh, thank you, it's, Emmy. It lifts every heart. Well, as long as people want joy, I'm here, girl. Yeah, great. But this, you know, because I was talking about because Willie uh, Sinclair III had to come and pin up because too much boobies. Help the sisters. Help the sisters mm -hmm. out. You yeah. are a supermodel. Have you ever had any kind of wardrobe malfunctions or stuff went wrong? Well, um, one time I slipped off a runway. So it's not a you wardrobe malfunction. I slipped off into a woman's lap who was very surprised. And it was in very early on in my career. And then I scurried up and I got back up on the runway and walked back and I was like, dear Lord. So, but you have to keep that whole face of like the attitude. You can't, you can't like say, it oh my gosh. It wasn't pretty. Uh -huh. It wasn't very sophisticated and nice. It was actually almost a split. So let's just <laughs> let's just put it there. But you know what? Everybody goes through whatever they do, and you just brush off your <laughs> brush it off and, and keep you your shoulders back and go forward. Go forward. That's yeah. life. Yeah, that's now, exactly right. I have always been an admirer of yours, but I got to work with you, and we did a, f a photo shoot, a swimsuit photo shoot, a few years back when I was with you. How cute does she look? <laughs> so, how did I do as like a quasi supermodel in the shoot? Excuse me, you had this big, bright smile, and all of us, you know, the models are about five. That was a. We're 5'11, five 5'9, five and there's Sherry. Yeah, I didn't know you guys were so tall. You were having the best time. I, I mean, the question really is, did you have a good time? You know why I had such a good time? Because y'all eat. Y'all supermodels, they <laughs> ate. When we had lunch, like, y'all didn't sit around picking this stuff. Ashley Graham was eating a cheeseburger. Oh, you yeah. was eating. I was yeah. like, yes, I am home, okay? <laughs> I'm with my sister. <laughs> So, Emmy, and, that, and thank you for making me feel so welcome. You're welcome. But you sure. are the first plus-size supermodel. Woo! But, yeah, yes. <laughs> but yet, even being that, you almost quit because you were getting so much stuff from everybody. Okay, so I was on a shoot, the specific Woo! thing. Yes. Look at you. Thank you, Melanie Denae and People Magazine. Um, at one particular time in my, in my career, very, very early on, a mm -hmm. photographer came in after I was all done, hair, makeup, the whole thing. Hello, it was obvious that was the model. Yeah. And he came in, looked me up and down and said, I'm not gonna shoot this fatty. Really? Yeah, it's been, it's a story that I've shared, but many years later, uh -huh. um, after I've had, you know, 50 of the most beautiful people a couple of times, I was working and saw him and he said, oh, Emmy, we've got to work together. And I, I, he forgot and I looked at him or he might not have remembered. And I said, we actually did work together and I want to thank you. Uh -huh. And, uh, and, because if you give up because if someone's bullying you, yeah. then you lose so much of your life and it has nothing to do with you. And yeah. I learned that lesson with that particular situation. And that's how you made it through. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's right. 
You can't take what people say to you personally, mm -hmm. and especially if it's vile or if it's not nice. Yeah. You, you got to almost say, you know, in your mind, I forgive you. But when it's happening, I wanted to tell him, get down and do 20 push-ups. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all in the best revenge. He sees you living your best life right there. Girl. That's how to do it. That's how to do it. That's how to do it. Now, I love this because you are a body appreciation advocate. Yes. You coach women. And you say, and, and we do this a lot. Women criticize their bodies so oh. much. We don't celebrate it. But you do say that we should embrace our bodies and celebrate. Every morning I wake up and I hug my body. I really do. Mm -hmm. And I say, thank you for another day. <laughs> thank you for yeah, another day. That's it. Thank you for doing everything without me saying, okay, beat, please, uh, digest, please. And, yeah. and I, I think that if we can do that for ourselves from the source, from ourself here, yeah. our kids will feel it, our families will feel it, our community, our state, you know, our, then you get into a global thing when people can just turn, flip the script yeah. and own what we're supposed to, if we were all the same and we were only able to get tulips, right? And we knew all the flowers were out there. Mm -hmm. And then we were denied that we couldn't have sunflowers. Yeah. That would be a very boring life. God did not make it that way. He sure so did. So we're supposed to be different. You know, it's so funny because- We're supposed to be different. Mary J. Blige was here earlier in the week and she said she had to learn to wake up and say, Good morning, gorgeous. And she had to speak I it heard your, into her I saw life. That show, and it's so true what she had to say. And that's Mary J. Blige. Who's exactly. So when you say you wake up and you embrace it, because we only got one body, it's, not, it's gonna carry us far. Tick tock, my friends. Yeah. Tick tock. It is going by so fast. So if anybody wants to throw any kind of tea on your party and your mm -hmm. tea party, you just turn around and say, hmm, how much time do I really need to be with that person? Exactly. Exactly. I love it. Yeah. You know, Emmy. You feel the same way. I feel the same exact yeah. way because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. one. I got to yeah. take care of it, you know, until we're done. But, you know, you look at somebody like Lizzo. Lizzo, who I love because this woman is a voice for body positivity, and she gets criticized. Now, do you admire her confidence? Does it scare you a little bit when she's so out there? No, when she first came out and was just so bold, I was like, wow! Yeah. You know, this is something. But you know what? That's how it changes. Mm. When people use their voices, like Lizzo, and is, you know, shoulders back, and then she hires all those beautiful dancers that are diversified yes. in shape and, and cues, and, and then they, they bring it. Yes. So, yeah, that's proven the point. It's stepping up, not just saying the words, but actually using action towards those words. And hats off to Lizzo. I, and she deserves every kudos she that does. she gets. Everything, everything. Well, I'm gonna keep giving you the kudos because this is what I love. <laughs> you return to the runway in your 50s and you walk that runway in lingerie. <laughs> how liberating did, how was that? Was it empowering? It was incredible. Yeah. And my, my sweet daughter was sitting in the front row. Um, and I, I was just like, wow, I cannot believe that I'm going to, this is for Chromat. And I just didn't, I didn't exactly know what was going to happen, but I knew that it was fine. Yeah. It was going to be okay. And uh, hello. <laughs> 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 it, it, 
it's not. It was. Um, it was a, a remarkable moment for me. And yeah. I, it was my first runway show because when I was in my heyday, mm -hmm. the the gals were not invited to the New York Fashion Week for Ooh. the big New York Fashion Weeks. Yeah. We're around the world. Now today, we can see women of all different shapes and sizes on runways, and not only in New York but around the world. So hats off, and it's wonderful. I love the work you do as an advocate, but you do a lot of work uh, for your True Beauty Foundation. So yes. what's, can you tell me about that? Sure, the True Beauty Foundation is a foundation I thought, you know, I really want to uh, found something around helping the youth of our country with their body image and their self-esteem and the rise of eating disorders that were happening in yeah. the United States um, during the pandemic and the, uh, much a lot during before it, and then wow, it really exasperated uh, during, yeah, the during the pandemic, and we're really in a, a serious situation. So I love the National Eating Disorders Association, and I thought well, I would love to have the True Beauty Foundation that would go and you know help kids feel good in school, learn about more nutrition, the, you know, go and talk with doctors, above all, do no harm for doctors' visits. Um, and there's so many wonderful people that um, are going to be involved. It's it's a baby right now, and it's it's just so pretty. So you can you can go and check it out, and uh, it's a it's a good good place for me. Your daughter also Toby. She's she's gonna be 21, and she's also she's also a model. Are you yes. scared for her a little bit? Be, this is not not a kind business. No, it's not. So you so she's been signed with uh, the agency for a long time, and I asked uh, the agents as well as I yeah. shared with Toby, I want you to be able to get your degree. Okay. And she's a filmmaker. So I said, that's not an easy business. And the modeling industry is not an easy business. So why don't you get your degree? And then on the side, you can do the modeling if you so right. choose. And so now she can make the choice. So sweet. She yes. told me so beautiful. And Emmy, thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad I'm you so stayed. And I love you so I much, I love you so much. <laughs> I'm so happy. And thank you for being a change maker and empowering women because thank that's what you. you do and you do it well. Thank you so much. It takes all of us using our It's voice. a village, girl. Thank you. Emmy, and up next, what I wanted versus what I got. Don't miss it. Emmy, a supermodel. versus what I got. Now, our first one comes from Margaret in Las Vegas. Margaret wanted a cute, short, blonde wig, so she ordered one. Here's the wig Margaret wanted. Oh, cute, cute, cute. Okay, and here's the wig Margaret got. Oh, Margaret. You know who you look like? You look like Cousin It from the Adams Family. Oh, wow. So our next one comes from Velma in Virginia. Now, Velma ordered an area rug that was on sale for 70% off. Here's the rug Velma wanted. Cute. And here's the rug Velma got. Ooh, Velma, 70% off is right, because it looks like they only sent you 30% of that rug. Okay. Our next one comes from Caroline in Ohio. Carolyn. Carolyn ordered a slice of dulce de leche cake from her favorite restaurant. Now, here's the cake that Carolyn wanted. Mmm, mmm. Here's the cake that Carolyn got. Ooh, Carolyn, looks like you got a big slice of dulce de letdown. Oh. Now, our last one comes from a viewer who tried to make some cookies that look like her child's favorite cartoon character, Peppa Pig. Here's the Peppa Pig shape of the cookie she wanted. I like it. 
And here are the cookies that she got. keep my talk show, so I'm just gonna say no comment. If you have a funny fail you'd like to share, go to SherryShowTV.com. And up next, we're chatting with journalist and activist Nicole Hannah-Jones. Keep it here. is an award-winning journalist and an activist who's sure to hit the ground running in a fly pair of sneakers. But her latest docu-series, The 1619 Project, examines our country's history on topics like slavery, democracy, and race. Please welcome Nicole Hannah-Jones. <laughs> Nicole, before we even start, or what I want to talk to you about, I got to know, you got the flyest kicks that I have ever seen. Like, wh when did this trend start with you? Well, like many kids, especially black kids, I grew up, like, loving Jordans, loving sneakers, but parents who had Jordash money instead of Jordan money. Okay, uh, okay. So once I grew up, um, I just started collecting sneakers, and it's just one of my passions. I love Jordans, I love sneakers, um, and I've passed this on to my child. So that, so you, you passed it on to your daughter, but does, does your daughter inspire your, 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 like, your style, or do you inspire your daughter? Which way is it? She's so gorgeous. <laughs> I, um, she won't like that I say this, but clearly I am the inspiration for her. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> clearly. And you got it. Well, you launched the 1619 Project in 2019, Nicole, and it started as a series of essays. It was to change the way people viewed slavery in America. What inspired you to make this docuseries? What really inspired me, um, you have to go back to 15-year-old Nicole who gets, um, takes my first black studies class in high school. And I uh, read a book called Before the Mayflower. And it made me realize, because that book talks about a ship called the White Lion that lands in Virginia in 1619. Mm. And while every American child learns about the Mayflower, the story of our ancestors and that ship in 1619 had been erased. Yeah. So it's really been a lifelong quest to force us to grapple with this history of slavery and to put black Americans at the center of the American narrative where we should be. Exactly. You know, in this project, you got support from Oprah as one of the people who, who just were with you on this. So having Oprah in your corner, uh, who is executive producing, what's that feel like? Oh, my God. Like, it, it's hard to put into you know? words, right? Like, I grew up watching this woman. I'm from a small town, Waterloo, Iowa, and never imagined, is somebody here from Waterloo? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she went to school in Iowa. I'm like, look, it's rare when you meet another black person with a connection to <laughs> You started, you was like, oh, okay. Right, right, wait. Um, but to, to have her in your corner and to have a woman like that who um, puts her power and is in the yes. room and says, you know what? Nicole wants it to be this way. That's the way it's gonna be. That means everything. Absolutely. Have an over behind you. Yes. Now I know that there's this movement to stop teaching African American history in some wow. states, which I, I think is appalling. Why do you think it's important that, that this history be taught? This history has to be taught because it's the truth. 
Yeah. Right? So the, the idea that if we don't learn this history, then we can just put it in the past, that we can just cover it up. Um, clearly, you can look in our society. You can see all of the polarization that we're experiencing. You can see how we go from a black president to that yeah. other person who was yeah. in the White House, right? Like, this history is shaping our society, whether we acknowledge it or not. And I think if you are a great nation, you can face up to the things that you did in the past, and you can, you can move forward by confronting the truth. And I think that if you're not teaching it, you have even our own children. If we don't, if they, they got to know their history. You Absolutely. Know? If, you, you, it, if it's totally erased, then, you know, what do they draw from? Right. I mean, you ask about the inspiration. It was, you know, when I was a little black girl growing up, and I never saw anyone like me as an actor in the American story. Right. And so you start to believe, well, the reason they don't teach us about black people is because black people must not have done much worthy of being taught about. So yeah. we're all being shaped by the absence. The 1619 Project is really about the silences of history. Yeah. It's about all these things that were happening um, that we don't learn about. And those things are shaping our perceptions of the world, whether we learn about them or not. So I, I absolutely agree with you. Now, here's the thing. With, with expressive thoughts <laughs> come a lot of criticism. Yes. How do you handle the backlash? Because I know you get it. Yeah, it depends on the day. Um, <laughs> if you follow me on Twitter, you know some days I, I, I will be the queen of clapback. But um, I'm learning to deal better with that. Yeah. One thing that can be hard when I didn't seek to be in the public eye, I didn't ever expect mm -hmm. to be in the public eye, is sometimes, you know, you're very sensitive. I'm an Aries, so I have a hot temper. And there were times where I was clapping back, but I realized that I was serving the purpose of those who were trying to draw right. me in. I was being baited. Yeah. Um, and so now um, I really do let it roll off my back because I'm like, y'all are talking about me. I don't even know who you are. So continue. <laughs> I love that. And, you know, it's just so funny because we have people in our lives, and I'm talking about white people who get awkward. They don't know how to, how to have the conversation about race. So what would you say to people who are just like, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do? Right. I mean, one, wel welcome to the world of a black person, right? We're, we're feeling awkward in these circumstances all the time. But really, it's not about what you need to say. It's understanding there's a lot you don't know. Mm -hmm. So actually, do some listening, do some introspection, do some reading. Watch the 1619 Project documentary series because the truth is, this is our shared history. Yeah. This is not the history of black people. It's not the history of white people. It's the history of America. And no Absolutely. one... Um, Absolutely. You know, just... I think it's important because we're hearing a lot with these laws that are being passed. Well, we don't want white children to feel uncomfortable or we don't want white children to feel guilty. None of this history is about making people feel guilty for something they haven't done. Right. But it, what it is saying is we have to acknowledge that these things happen and that you may be benefiting from them uh, whether you personally were involved in it or not. Or not, exactly. You got so much going on in your life, and you're teaching, and you're, you know, you're just out and about. Can I just ask you, Nicole, what do you like to do for fun? Is this something <laughs> that just, you get to wind down? Oh, yes. I, I throw parties. I like to drink a lot of bourbon, and I love to cook and bake. <laughs> you like to cook? Why are you bringing up and cooks? I love I to eat. Listen, I make the best 7-Up cake in America, and next time I got you. You got me. Okay. <laughs> And I do say this one thing to you. I know you're, you're, very, you're very learned and you're very intelligent, but if you have a party, I got a bag of something I'm gonna bring. <laughs> I'll make you wind down, girl. <laughs> Nicole, I just wanna say thank you so much for being here, for inspiring. Thank you. So honored. Thank you. The 1619 Project is streaming on Hulu right now, and we'll be right back. Nicole Hannah Jones.
down. Now, I am here with Sarah from New Jersey. Yes. All right, Sarah here... By way of Harlem. By way of Harlem, that's it. <laughs> here is your first... Here's the question. Which country star went viral for showing off her loud britches? Was it Carrie Underwood, Winona Ryder, or Garth Brooks? Carrie Underwood. There you go. That's it. Let me bring on the next one. Thank you so much. Stacy is next from Texas. Stacy, here's your question. Former bachelorette Rachel Lindsay married her bachelor Brian Abasolo. He's a chiropractor, also known as Dr. Feelgood, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, or Dr. Abs. Oh, I'd say Dr. Feelgood. Mm, oh, no, I'm sorry, Stacy. It's Dr. Abs. Come on over here. Dominique is from Brooklyn. So, Dominique. Here's your question. My girl Tisha Campbell stopped by and talked about the gift she gave me for my birthday. She gave me a purple vibrator and a purple what? A purple scarf, a purple Bible, or a purple purse? Purse. No! She gave me a Bible! <laughs> all right. Thank you all for playing, and you're all getting a $100 gift card to 212 Steakhouse. We'll be right back. doing a comedy show this weekend. On Friday, March 10th, we'll be at the Grand Del Theater in St. Louis, Missouri. And when Kim and I get together, it's gonna be nonstop laughter. So get your tickets immediately. Go to MetroTix with an X.com for more info. And we'll see you in St. Louis this Friday. We'll be right back. Camille and Kamaria from Rochester, New York, otherwise known as Charlie's Angels, Lunell's friends. Did you guys have a good time today? Yeah! I hope something on today's show put a smile on your face. We got another great show for you tomorrow. Until then, be intentional about having a good time. Charlie's Angels, they are. Nice.